Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Good morning, baseball fans here in Chicago and listening around the globe on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Live from the Hyundai Studios, this is Hit and Run. It's a Father's Day edition right here on 670 The Score. I am Barry Rosner. My partner in perpetuity is Joe Ostrowski. We'll be with you until noon, taking you up to Cubs baseball. No, we will not be taking you up to Cubs baseball. It's a night game tonight. Yes, Sunday night baseball. That's right. So we will not be doing that. We'll be taking you up to what? Looking forward to it. We'll be taking you up to Kevin Zipak and Herb Lawrence. Oh, my goodness. And then David Schuster. And then it's Cubs baseball. (laughs) Right here. Wait, what's light up? On your radio home for the Chicago Cubs. What? What is it? Good morning, Joe, and happy Father's Day. See the kids this morning. Did you get your gifts this morning? Uh, yes. You you know those um, sheets at school that they fill out about about you? Uh-huh. Fill in the blank type stuff? I remember that. Um, I found out that I am five years old. <laughs> I have gray hair. My job is mixing cookies. <laughs> Never made cookies. <laughs> That's what you do for a living? Apparently. You mix cookies. Apparently, yes. Well, you're, you, you are what you know, right? And what your kids know <laughs> is that it, you have gray hair. I do and, not. And you... <laughs> My son said I don't. His did not say gray. My daughter, yeah. I'm five. I have gray hair. I mix cookies. You have gray hair. This is doubtfire, basically. What are you to her? You're the person who mixes cookies. So you know what? <laughs> There's worse things. There's worse things. It means you're spending time with your kids. Good for you. Uh, I got nothing today. Uh, I mean, what do you get for the man who has nothing? You get him more of the same. Nothing. So that's what I received today. I don't want anything. My clubs are 10 years old. I have enough golf shirts to last three you'll, lifetimes. You'll get something later. No, I won't, and I'll like it, frankly. Okay. Uh, happy Father's Day to all our listeners out there. If this is your first such holiday without your pops, here's hoping uh, your happy memories help assuage the grief you feel today. Here's what we have planned for you, Joe. As always, lots of Cubs and White Sox conversation with you in the first hour and throughout the show, of course. We hope you'll join us at 312-644-6767. At about 10.20, we'll spend a few minutes with Shannon Dreyer from 710 ESPN in Seattle. we got to find out what this Mariners thing is about. Uh, I, I, don't, uh, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. Jeff. So they've replaced the Orioles, I think. Maybe. Oh, oh, maybe. Can't explain it. Maybe. Keep winning. But, yeah, it the, does, but it doesn't mean they're really a contender, maybe, I think. I don't know. I offered my apologies they're, last they're week. better without you, Cano. Offered my apologies last week, and yet they are better without Cano. That also bizarre. But, yeah, right. But you, you said don't. You said don't do it. It's too early. Don't do it. You don't owe them anything. I'm apologizing anyway. And we have not reached the halfway mark of the season. At 11 o'clock. You can apologize for your Mets pick. You can do that. 
I did, like a month ago. It's a disaster. Well, the disaster hasn't stopped. They scored five runs last night. That's more than they had in the last five weeks. They want to fire I believe. Is that accurate? Does that sound accurate to you guys? Sure, we're good they with that. They didn't score five runs in five weeks. That's so bad. I mean, DeGrom it's gives up so no runs every time. And every time he loses win. every time. They can't win. It's unbelievable. That's so bad. It's just They're so Mets, and yet they're still fascinating. In a sort of, in sort of a train runs over a car kind of way. Yeah, and they're going to hold on to that great starting pitching for what? Oh yeah, no, not a chance. Yeah, not a chance. It's not even a not real a conversation. Chance. Yeah, yeah. Sandy Alderson. Well, Sandy Alderson's a genius. Just ask him at eleven o'clock. And this is a treat. We'll spend some time with actor Robert Wool. He was the pitching coach. He was Larry. What's our record, Larry? In the movie Bull Durham, which debuted 30 years ago Friday. Love me some Bull oh. Durham. We'll talk to him at 11 o'clock. And at 11.30, it's our weekly visit with the score's very own Bruce Levine. Is that correct? <laughs> it's not on the... <laughs> is there a reason? Is there a reason that Robert Wool's name is misspelled? You're going to correct me at everything today? I'm just saying. Man, you two started right away. What did right I say? Away, you two started at eight fifty-five. Well, because we're tr- go you know it's day. annoying. We don't have the update at nine, and we're trying to get set up. And Rick's trying to help with the TV, and we're just trying to get our stuff out of our bags because you know we're limited on time. And Eli's bothering me about a read, and I shot back. I fired back because it's Father's Day, and I can do whatever I want. I'm told, and I basically said the worst thing <laughs> you could say to another human. Right? Would you, not, would you agree? I'm not refereeing. But, no, I'm not I'm just, refereeing you two today. Is that as as a man that that goes to the bottom of the barrel often? Who me? Yes. Is, is that as bad as it gets? Thoughts there? What can you tell me on that? <laughs> Please. Speaking of great fathers, he well, he was screaming. Did you see in in that high school game? It went viral this week, where. Um, two friends, one was on the winning team, one was on the losing team. The winning player was consoling the upset friend on the losing team. Went straight to his, to his friend, went straight to his friend. It's awesome, By, right? Bypassed the pitcher, bypassed his own catcher. Yes. Yes, he did. Did not want to celebrate while, in front of his face. While his team was celebrating, went right to his friend and gave him a hug and the friend was crying and it was, yeah, that was wonderful. wonderful. Russo ripped him. You don't believe me, do you? He ripped him. You got you. You can't do that on the field. You've got to do it in your own private time. Not the time. Not the place. It's not the World <laughs> Series. It's not. I mean, it's, it's high a, school. It's not the major leagues, right? If that were the major leagues, it's not college. I I could see your argument for that, perhaps not being the right place for You're that. You're a professional. Yeah, sure. Yeah. They're just kids. Literally teenagers. He ripped them? Ripped them. I didn't see a lot of your guy this week. A lot of, uh, I was heavily focused on uh, on golf coverage. This I hour, have no idea what's happening. This hour today. on the score is brought to you by Horwitz and Horwitz, Illinois' top personal injury lawyers. Yes, at 11.30, even though Eli didn't type it up, it's the score's very own Bruce Levine. Our producer, director, engineer, and Maybe intern- doesn't know how to spell his name. <laughs> Go ahead. An intern is Eli Hershkovich. 
I am at Barry Rosner on Twitter. Joe is at Joe0670. The Hit and Run account is Hit and Run 670. You should follow that for show updates. The phone number, of course, is 312-644-6767. You can also join in at 6711 via the text zone on the score. If you text us, you'll get a text back acknowledging your text. Standard message and data rates may apply. I'm not going to talk about Phil Mickelson today. Good, because I'm already sick of it. Guy that didn't matter this weekend. You can uh, you can read my column. It's uh, at dailyherald.com or on my Twitter feed or Facebook page. And uh, if you're not interested in that, you should read uh, my piece on Al Goldis, who uh, is really a wonderful man and uh, has been through a lot in his life. His son is now um, battling brain cancer, but uh, Al sees blessings and everything. It's really amazing. It's a nice Father's Day story. You can find that at dailyherald.com as well. Joe, we start today with the Cubs and uh, their recent play, the play of Jason Hayward, the starting mm-hmm. rotation, some really nice bullpen pieces that are doing the job, a better approach at the plate. You add all these things up, and the Cubs are, for the last week, two weeks, three weeks, maybe even a month, have looked more like the Cubs that you would expect them to be. It will not be the last time this year. And wow, do we lack for perspective. It's so funny. I shouldn't say we, but this town, this town and and Cub fans in particular, and the media that is, is always so focused on the Cubs, so lacking in perspective on how difficult the baseball season is and what goes on over the course of six months. So ridiculously lacking in perspective. The sheer panic when things are not good. The euphoria when things are good. I know a lot of people are new to a six-month-long baseball season. It's really hard. It's really hard. You're going to go through some rough patches. You're going to go through some good stretches. And the really good teams are going to play, for the most part, consistent baseball, given probably three or four times during the course of a season where for a week they look awful. Even the really good teams, three or four times throughout the course of a season, are going to look awful for a week. It happens. Cubs have now played better baseball, uh, and they should. This is an immensely talented team on paper. Clearly, in it, at least in my world, the best team in the National League. And when it's all said and done, I still believe they'll go to the World Series. But if you think that's the end of some some bad stretches, and that la- Nationals lineup looks good all of a sudden once it got a little healthy. Yeah, you know, it's just it's it's the Nationals. I know it's just I know. the I most. Get it. I get it. it. Not not that I believe that they're incapable of winning, because when healthy. They're awfully good. That roster. Yeah. No, I mean, Rizzo does a phenomenal job. Always does. Incredibly talented. Juan Soto. What? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Listen, <laughs> listen. for people who don't know who Mike Rizzo is and only know him as the GM of the Nationals, he built the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks that swept your Cubs in 07, Mike Rizzo built that team. That's the guy who built that team. It's the guy who drafted that team. It's a guy who tore it down, not as GM, but encourage them to tear it down and to let him rebuild it from the bottom up, which is what he did. That's exactly what he said to the people in Washington when he took the job. He said, if we're going to do this, we have to do it the hard way, which means it's going to be really bad. It's going to be really bad. 
And then, and then what's happened years later? Yeah. The rest of the league has followed that. And they've won, what, four four division titles since since Bryce Harper got there? Yep, he's been in the playoffs four times. But he's a loser? Four early exits. He's a loser? I read that earlier this Bryce week. Bryce Harper's a loser? A National League Can you explain- executive, which means absolutely nothing to me. That could be a scout and, you know. It could be nobody. Could, could, well, right. It could, could be nobody because there's, there's plenty of that that goes on. So, yeah, that and happens so, a lot because you know it's going to go a lot viral. On radio, happens a lot on radio. Sure, and especially when you attack, attach Bryce Harper's name to a story as a, as a journalist, would you ever consider doing something like that? Or what is the thinking that, okay, I can get away with doing this, just saying an anonymous NL executive says this. You know it's going viral. It's going to be a huge story for at least a few days because the biggest free agent out there is involved in this. And well, now we're talking about another executive. And then the story continued because Mike Rizzo had to come out and defend his player, mm-hmm. and, and he went – to the well. He went hard for yeah, him. He went real hard. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's different in the newspaper business. You can't just make stuff up or or say whatever you want. At least you're not supposed to. At least at my newspaper, you can't. I mean, you have to have you have to have at least two separate sources on something. Is that still you the case? To, is that still the case? Well, at my newspaper, it is. Okay. You have to, uh, if you were going to do something like this, I mean, I would imagine our executive editors would probably say, what is the purpose of this? And if this person is not willing to put his name to it, then I don't think that that's something we want to do. That'd be my guess on that. Because what is, what is the purpose of that? Do you what ever run it, with what, anonymous what, quotes? Um, if there were if there were times that it was necessary to protect somebody in a situation where information, yeah, anonymous sources, yeah, sure, but you have to have at least two, okay, and then you ha- and you have to tell your editors who they are, so that they you know know what this is. But if it you know I mean websites and blogs and and um, you know startups that don't have real editors and looking for traction yeah looking for clicks looking to you know try to create you know they just they throw stuff up against the wall I'm not saying that's what happened here I don't know what happened here but what what's the per if that's a real thing like if that's a real person saying that then there has to be a name there now executive a, can mean means what to you. It can be anything. I, that's exactly be that the, was my first reaction. It can be George Costanza, assistant to the traveling secretary. <laughs> right. I know. It could exactly. be in charge of cotton uniforms. Some guy that just doesn't like Bryce Harper, calling him a losing player. If you don't like his attitude, anything. I mean, you know how many people work in front offices? Right. I just see that term thrown out so much lately. An evaluator, an executive. That can be anybody. Yeah. It, again, let, let's just say that this person actually exists. If that's the case, first of all, what purpose is this serving? What, what's the purpose of this? To try to suggest that a guy is, does not have the value that we all think he does? Yeah, to potentially okay. bring down his value? I, I, don't, I don't know. Whatever the case, unless you're willing to put a name to that, I don't think, you know, I. Not sure you can call somebody a loser and claim it's an executive from a from a big league team without putting a name to it. Yeah. I think that's really unfair. I really do. Besides which, let's set that part of it aside. Yep. 
Is that accurate? Is this guy a loser? Not to me. Why? Be- because is he the reason that they've been one and done in the postseason? That I mean, that's what the quote is saying to me, that they're putting it all on Bryce Harper, one of nine position players, or one of eight position players. And that's just not, that's not right to me. And the quote included that he won't get what everybody thinks he's going to get, a $300 million or whatever number they put out there. We'll see. If you're looking at last offseason and comparing to what, what's coming our way, part of last offseason, we've talked about it on the show, was getting ready for this next offseason. It was getting ready for Harper and Machado. What? You, you want to pay more for Arietta and Darvish? Is that what you wanted? Let me throw two hundred fifty million at JD Martinez. JD Martinez still got paid. How's that Arietta thing working, by the way? Oh yeah, no. How's that going? How's you know, it's it's only a story locally when Arietta has a great performance. The other night he was awful again. Nobody's yeah. talking about yeah, that's it. That's like four of the last five. Yeah. By the way, which we were talking about a month ago. Yeah. Which which was forecast? Was that an SI piece? Is that an SI piece, Eli? Yeah. yeah. Which correctly forecast that his his peripherals were telling you. He was going to be bad, and now he's bad. So there you go. Um, is it the Good defense's fault when a yeah. ball is hit over the fence? Yeah. Yeah, that's a shift. Well, you know, again, it's it's real easy to talk tough and act tough. And when you put yourself out there like that, better back it up. Better back it up. It's the manager's fault we lost. It's It's the fault of the shift. That's why we lost. It's the fault of analytics. That's why we lost. Uh, it's the manager's fault for taking me out when I had when I he should have left me in, <laughs> and the next guy hit a grand slam. Is that how leaders and, operate? No, because I'm told he's a leader. That's what he got. It was three for seventy five. Veteran ring. Yeah. He's going to bring all this stuff to the Phillies and finger, 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 finger. No, everybody we, but him. Huh? Talked about it last week. One of the reasons you got paid was to be that guy. Was to be that guy in this room. And what do you teach the younger players? Bus toss the manager and, you know, do everything you can to, to ruin his career. I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of that. Especially of a young manager who's trying to find his way in this game. Would, yeah. Would he you know, be doing that? Did he do that with Madden? No. See, again, no? you know, one of the benefits of being Joe Madden is you got 5 and 25. Talk about this right. all the time. Right. Remember Jason Hamill? Remember Jason Hamill? Jason Hamill didn't say a word when he came out of that game that night, the San Francisco game in 2015 when he was pulled in, what was it, the second inning or third inning? Because Joe Madden has 5-25. and 25. That's why Jason Hamill didn't say a word. Does Hendricks that, complain? If it, were, if it were Gabe Kapler, Jason Hamill would have done the same thing that, that uh, Jake Arrieta is trying to do now to Gabe yeah. Kapler. Which basically is deflect attention anyway from your failings. In any case, we digress. You were you were talking about Harper in relation to into to the guys who did not get paid last winter, a couple of guys who did get paid, but not the way they thought they were going to get paid, and what's coming after this season. Yeah, and yeah, what I don't understand what the motivation was there, and and I know it was a bigger story earlier in the week, but. It just, it just didn't make a whole lot of sense, and if you're trying, where was that? If you're story, trying to devalue I, him, I, I heard about uh, it. I Robert didn't see it. Murray, a baseball writer, I believe. I, I'd have to double check on okay. that. Okay, but 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 either way, in the end, it's not going from to where? matter. From what? From what? Uh... Van Rag Sports. Okay. 
Okay. Whatever. Yeah, it does. It doesn't okay. matter. But anyways, we were getting off track. We we were talking about the Cubs and Hayward, and it's a weekly question that I have for you. Like, what is this the third or fourth week in a row I've asked you about Jason Hayward? Is it time? Is it time to believe? And then he hits a, it's a two run homer last night. So here here was his slash line after May twenty eighth. Two twenty two, three oh six on base, a three fifty slugging. Since then, his batting average has gone up forty seven points. His on base twenty six points, not huge, but a bump. His slugging up sixty eight points to four eighteen. Okay? So let's compare what his numbers are this year to what they were pre Cubs from twenty ten to twenty fifteen. This year he's hitting two sixty nine. Pre-Cub, 268. Hmm. His on-base right now is 332. Before he signed with the Cubs, 353. Comparable. His slugging right now is 418. From 2010 to 2015, 431. 13-point gap. Um, With that defense, this is the guy they gave eight years. And $84 million too. This is the guy they signed. And it's not, and we're talking about a couple weeks, 15, 16 games, whatever, where, where he's really turned it on. But now two and a half months in the, into the season, this is what the Cubs were hoping for in the end, correct? They would absolutely settle for that. Absolutely. Now, you can make the argument that they've overpaid, they overpaid at the time, mm-hmm. but that defense... With these numbers in line with what he did the day they signed him on the dotted line, this is what they exactly what they were hoping for. Well, all right. In, in proper context, they believed that they were signing a guy who could hit second in the lineup, maybe hit first. We've seen recently hit 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 third, hit fifth, hit sixth, whatever. They would happily take this guy, mm-hmm. this version of him, and bat him eighth every day. Happily take it. Happily take it. Because in this lineup, as good as it is, with as many bats as they have, he can extend the lineup. It's a big deal to have another bat extending your lineup. They'd happily take this. Now, whether this is, if you're asking me, is this now what they're going to get? Uh, My answer to you is I have not the slightest idea because, you know, you're a little bit in shock over how bad it was the last two years and to wake up today and go, okay, this is him. Feel totally confident now this is him. Sorry, no, I w- I'm not there. I wouldn't be there. Cub fans, I don't know if you're there, if you believe, yeah, this is what you're going to get from to, now To your on. sample versus two and a half month sample, right? Yeah. And so I certainly understand s- being hesitant, and I've been hesitant. You said it last week yeah. when I said <laughs> Jason Hayward's been been better, and you said, yeah, congratulations on being a major league player. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> which so was, I progressed. Which was, which was accurate. Yes. Which was accurate. He's, he's a major league player again. So the narrative that's been running around baseball over the last few years as we have what we think is more knowledge, more numbers, is hitting coaches do not matter at all. Pitching coaches matter. Hitting coaches don't matter at all. Well, this is happening. It... it the numbers that's, say he is back to the old Jason Hayward. I hate those blanket statements. I, well, that's I know. So stupid. I'm just saying, that, and this is happening in a year where they have a brand new hitting coach. Uh, Chili Davis, 
a, a coach that brings a different philosophy to the table. I don't know if Hayward was refusing to buy into Maley or it was more of a Maley issue. Joe obviously had an issue with Maley because multiple times we've seen him attack his philosophy in front of microphones. Not behind the scenes. I heard this or that in front of microphones. He does it every day He's now. ripping John Maley. He does it. He's done it all season. I don't know if people are realizing. When he starts ripping launch angle, he's ripping his former hitting coach. And now we have Chili Davis here, and we've seen this turnaround with Hayward. But for years, I've been hearing from so many people that the hitting coach is completely irrelevant. Yeah, that's just dumb. I, I mean, agree Those sort of you. blanket statements are dumb. It, yeah, you probably have not been around baseball very much. Hitting coaches can be a number of different things. You, you know, they can be, you know, the, their mommy, their daddy, their brother, their their buddy, their psychologist. I was say, their, get in the couch, yeah. Their psychiatrist, yeah, uh, or their hitting coach. They're, you know, someone who helps. That you know, look, everybody learns differently, just a little bit, just a little bit differently. You know, some some. Some are visual. Some some need to hear it. Some need to feel it. Some need some combination of all those things. It's a difficult job. You and then you have to learn every single guy, and all their little traits, and all their little habits, and all their little psychological needs, and the guys who need you know a, a, a kick in the pants, and those who need a pat on the back. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. It's very complicated. Some guys will be completely ineffective with certain guys and be unbelievably effective with other guys. In the guys in which they cannot work, they have an assistant who should be using something else to try to get through to that guy. Of course those guys matter. It's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous thing to say. It feels like the Chili Davis move was was a Jason Hayward move. Uh, you know, I wouldn't go that far. No? I think no. I think it was probably just look at what's look at what happens in the playoffs when we run up against ones and twos and closers, ones and twos and closers, and your philosophy is entirely trying to elevate the baseball, and ones and twos and closers are smarter than you. And then we the saw this week in Milwaukee the last two games of the series shut out in back to back games. So we we still see it from time to time. Yeah, but they're gradually and not with every single player it's been a harder fight with Chris Bryant but yeah. gradually you're seeing guys start to use more of the field you're starting to see them become more like baseball players again than simply three outcome guys which is it's just you know it's just not it just hasn't worked in the playoffs and this hasn't worked. Using more of the field. We saw it on Friday in Chris Bryant's first game. Yes, he hit the home run, and that was a big highlight. Time but, and a place, Joe. Time and a place. Time and a place. I say it all the time. Time and a place. But he also went time. opposite field. Yeah. There's time and, and to a place. To drive and a run. Last night, you got a pitcher of Martinez who enters the fourth inning. He's already at 63 pitches. Uh, Addison Russell says to himself, get me over breaking ball. If he throws me one here, I'm unloading. Time and a place, time and a place, time and a place. That's a time and a place. Get me over breaking ball. If he hangs one here, I'm going to try to murder this. I'm going to try to pull it and hit it as far as I can. Time and a place. Early in a game with nobody on base and, a, and, and the first pitch of the inning. That's thinking the game. That's thinking the game. Time and a place. There are sometimes when you just need to score a run, 
to win, and a pitcher's throwing you away, 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 soft, 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 it's okay to get a base hit the other way and win a game. We talk about this all the time. Changing your approach so within I, an at-bat. I don't, I don't think it was strictly a Hayward thing. I don't think Chili Davis was strictly a Hayward. I think it was Madden saying, you know, we, we see what we see in the postseason. We got to think a different way. We need somebody here who's going to back me up on this. Who's going to think the way that I want to think? We got to get to a break. We're we're very late. We're very late. Was that on the air? Yeah, that no, was, was on it? the air. <laughs> it sounded air. like it was on the air. What? Eli wants you to do wolves. Do you want him to do it right here? Oh, okay. I did not hear that. Oh, that was just to Maybe me. Maybe he should tell me. He said it to me. Why would he tell you? Tell Joe. Signal Joe. Because for those that don't know, which is everybody, my back is to Eli. That was in both of your ears. No, it. I would. I would know if I if it was said in my ear. Okay. He wants you to do the wolves right now. Okay. And then we'll take a break because we're way late, and Eli is really mad. Hit run. Way late. When are we not late, Eli? I would think you'd be over this. You know, it took Rick Camp about two months to just realize there is no such thing as clock discipline on this show, and he just gave up. And he, he lived a much better life for it. You know, some you just have to accept the things that you can't change in life, Eli. And I'm one of those things <laughs> in your life. I'm sorry. This hour of Hit and Run is brought to you by Chicago Wolves Hockey. The Wolves are making big plans for their 25th anniversary. Get your season tickets now and receive exclusive benefits. Visit ChicagoWolves.com or call 1-800-THE-WOLVES. Barry, can we uh, we teased it, but can we get to the Cubs starting pitching? Yeah, Cubs starting pitching. A really important White Sox question. I have a serious question for you. I hear this every week. Very important White Sox question. Yes, I've what? got I've got White Sox notes. Yes. I don't think I say that every week. Important, mm-hmm. important. I I every week I say I have White Sox questions for you, but this is an important, oh, very important. This is important. Are you going to tell me that Mike Rizzo won the trade? Go ahead. I had a, I had a, <laughs> I had a reset for a moment. Process the names. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not dealing with that. It's another important White Sox. Kidding. Re- relax. Lopez is we- fine. Relax. Giolito might be fine too. Who knows? Anybody predict uh, Dylan Covey doing this? Oh my God. Young young pitchers, so young, pitchers young pitchers, young pitchers, about? young pitchers. We were talking pitchers. Uh, with Nick Hossler about it last week. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath on Lucas Giolito. Uh, no, I have an important White Sox question for you. We have okay, great good. Rob Manfred stuff from this week. Joe West, my guy Joe West. <laughs> you know, when I see on your timeline just zoomed in pictures of Joe West's face, I know all you're f- in a special mood. All four chins. When I post a picture of Joe West and <laughs> all four chins, you know... You know I'm in a good mood. Miguel um, Sano? What? Miguel Sano. His fortunes? Michael Kopech. It's a lot of stuff. There's the Eloy thing I want to talk about, too. All right. Well, then let's take a break, and we will uh, begin to chip away at that stuff next on Hit and Run on the Score. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Swing and a foul tip into the dirt. And Richard is headed towards the dugout here. I'll be said he foul tipped it to hit the dirt. He's going to bring Andy Green out for sure. Andy Green saying he called him out. What changed? Joe West telling him to hit the dirt. 
Joe West did signal out, which is why Clint Richard was walking off the mound. Oh, Joe better. Joe's going after Andy Green here now. And Andy Green's gone. Joe West, I think, had heard enough earlier, and then Andy said something at the end. I think Andy brought up yesterday. You could hear Joe West saying, excuse me? Yeah. That? Don't bring up yesterday. When you bring up a call from the day before, that's going to irritate most umpires. But here's the problem with, with what I see right now. Joe, Joe, Joe should be walking away right now. Instead, he's instigating this further. Umpires, when they should be trying to de-escalate the situation, they are actually escalating it more. Don't worry, I'm leaving, Joe. You can go call another call. Get another call wrong, Joe. Piece of crap. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Joe West just knows what he's doing. <laughs> knows everything. Uh, that show is Charleski. I'm Barry Rosner. This is Hit and Run on the Score. Joe West ruining baseball day after day after day for about 40 years now. Just amazing to me. I mean... Rob Manfred worries about some of the most ridiculous things. Some of the things he worries about are important. Some of them not. How about take care of this? How about do something about this? How about do something about this guy? Chasing players and managers and coaches back to that. You already threw them out. Walk away. Nope. Nope. What'd you say? What'd you say? Did you say something? The good umpires will let you have a say. They won't even look at you. Say whatever you want. They won't even look at you. They just go about their business. Oh, you mean like the audio that was released this week with Terry Collins from a couple of years ago? Oh, man. Wow. Well, some of them will will let you do whatever you want to do. Say whatever you want to say. Let you have your say. They don't go looking for trouble. Joe West goes looking for trouble. This was uh, Terry Collins from... From when? Two years ago. Last year was uh, yeah 2016. 2016. Um, this is spectacular. If you haven't seen this video, baseball has tried to quash this, and they did. They got it removed from a lot of places, but a lot of people saved it, including us. And uh, this was Terry Collins from two years ago. You're done. No, I mean you can't do that. You're not not in that situation, man. You can't. You can't. You can't. No, no, that, that ain't gonna happen. I mean, I, I, know, I knew you were gonna say that, but that ain't gonna happen. I mean, that's, that's the wrong time to do it. That's all. I'm telling you. It is what it is, but that's, that, that ain't gonna happen. Our, our ass is in the jackpot. We don't do something there. That, I'm just telling you that. Wait, but shouldn't, there, shouldn't there be a no, no, I mean, okay, the situation of what, what happened and everything else, that's what dictates that. Okay. But there was no Neil, prior knowledge that before Neil, the game started. I mean, Neil, if Harry comes into the dugout Neil, and says, Neil, hey, if somebody gets hit, then that's... Neil, then Neil, we, everybody, everybody knows, everybody knows what, what the situation is, okay? Take him, take him, take him, take him. Terry, 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 get, get a handle. Come on, let's go. Come on, talk to me. Talk to me. Then you talk to me I about know, it. You, you, okay. you got to give us a shot. You know what? You got to give us Harry, a shot. Okay, listen to me. Let me hear what I'm saying, okay? You get your shot. You had your shot right there. In the situation. Well, why you not? know the situation, I Terry. Mean, why okay. don't we get a shot, Tommy? Because that, doesn't, that makes well, it worse. Harry, that makes it worse. I know it. But MLB did nothing to that guy. Nothing. Okay, that, that I, I can't control Damn that, it. Terry. I can't control that. You know as well as I 
You know where I stand on the whole situation. But that's but that's better than that, Tommy. You know that. Terry, listen, I'm telling you, our ass is in the jackpot now. Okay? Okay, that's I'm just telling you. You know what? That, that, that's you got. You got it. Okay, get it. You got everything out. Some thoughts on that for a sec. Go ahead. <laughs> that's fantastic. That was Hallion and Cindergard, and then uh, and then Terry Collins, and then trying to separate and divide and see <laughs> and and try to quiet things. And down. we don't get those anymore. We don't get them anymore. Um, so Manfred said that. It was scrubbed from the internet because it collectively bargained agreement with the umpires that said those interactions, including microphoned umpires, wouldn't be made public. That doesn't make an umpire look bad there, though. No. He's actually doing a really good job of yes. trying to explain what happened, why he decided what he decided. It's a judgment call. Cindergaard threw at a guy's head, basically, and he wasn't going to let it go any further. He wasn't going to let it go any further there. Okay, so Even we- though there had been no warnings, but... But that doesn't make an umpire look bad. No. Now, if you mic'd up any interaction with Joe West, he'd be exposed for the fraud that he is. Why wouldn't you want that out there? I, I know collectively bargained. didn't make umpires look bad. But people were talking about baseball. Why would you stop that ever? So uh, about, Every time we get to see and hear the interactions that take place in the dugout, around the plate, around the mound, whether they involve umpires or not, it's fascinating and it's good for the game. It's entertaining. It just helps the game. This is the guy that talks about getting yeah. the youth involved. When that thing went viral, kids saw it, and they were sharing it. Then Rob Maffrick steps in, and he wants to shut it down. Uh, it was a month or two ago, they got into this this battle with, I don't know if you follow Pitching Ninja on Twitter, he's always tweeting out different gifs of pitches. Look at this 86 mile an hour curve. This is look at this movement on this pitch. Wow. They got him. They stopped it for a while and there was so much uproar on Twitter about it. Now they allow him to show the gifs. Like, why do you pick these little dumb battles? Because you're incompetent. Because Rob Manfred is incompetent. He's completely incompetent, but he learned from the best. He learned from the from the the biggest idiot in baseball history, Bud Selig. So there you go. I mean, he learned yeah. from the best. He learned from the best. Involved right. I, I hear he's so different than Selig, and he's yeah, open to all I, these changes. Listen, and- here's my confession. Uh, I was hopeful when he got the job that he would be different, and he's not. He's not. He's a bumbling, stumbling dope. Okay. And involve yourself in this minutia. You got someone who's creating interest in pitches? He's creating interest really, in pitches. Really cool. Yeah. This is really esoteric nonsense to most people. And you're getting people interested in this and you shut him down? Yeah. And good. A God. lot of his tweets get thousands and thousands of retweets and favorites. And nope, we don't want it. Where are the kids? They're on Twitter, a lot of them. Instagram. I mean, come on. That's amazing. Cut off your nose to spite your face. Sure. All right, let's take a quick break. Eli's yelling again. And we have to talk about the meeting that Rob Manfred had this week. Yeah, we got a lot of Rob Manfred stuff to get to, but we have White Sox and Cubs things we should do. If you'll just stop distracting me, Joe Ostrowski, I'm Barry Rosner. You've got it and run on the score. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. What are you doing out here? I'm cruising, man. I want you to throw the next one at the mascot. Why? I'm finally throwing it where I want to throw it. Just throw it at the ball, huh? Trust me. He's the boss. 
A staggering start by Lelouch. He's thrown five outs on nine pitches, all of them strikes. He's got pinpoint control here tonight, bull fan. Here's the pitch. <laughs> this guy's crazy. Yep, I wouldn't dig in there if I was you. Next one might be at your head. I don't know where it's gonna go. I swear to God. Welcome back in on Hit and Run on the Score. That's Joe Ostrowski. I'm Barry Rosner. We're with you until noon celebrating Bull Durham today. Well, really, we do that every week. At least I do every week. Uh, Robert Wool, the pitching coach, Larry, will be with us at 11 o'clock. Shannon Dreher from Seattle at 1020. Bruce Levine at 1130. Joe, the uh, Cubs pitching over the last month or so, has been really good. Their rotation, which was such a big problem for a significant portion of this season over about the last three weeks, has been the best in baseball, at least when I looked the other day, over the past 30 games, 25 games or something like that, they had their rotation was, uh, was pitching to the best in baseball at that point. And let's take a look at the last 10 games, okay? Cubs starting pitchers have allowed three earned runs or fewer in all of their last 10 games. They've allowed two earned runs or fewer in eight of their last 10, all without you, Darvish, and even with Tyler Chatwood. Even though the bar is so low, there was a celebration the other day of a five-inning, three-earned-run performance for Mr. Chatwood because the walks were down. But uh, down to the, what? What is a couple walks in that game? Yeah, I think so. A couple walks in five innings. But the point is now, based off what you saw over the first couple of months, you would take that every single time from Chatwood. As long as you're still getting six. Right last night, you get six from Hendricks. On Friday, you got six from Lester. Go back to the Milwaukee series. Montgomery gave you six. Quintana gave you six. Uh, in the Pittsburgh series, Hendricks five, Lester seven, Montgomery five and two thirds. In, in stark contrast from what we saw early in the year, which yeah. has absolutely killed the bullpen, and Steve Ciszek still needs to go in the DL at some oh, point man. pretty soon because his arm is just going to fall off. They're going to need more arms. I mean, there's just we, you and I have talked about it repeatedly, really since about the third week of the season. They're going to need more arms. He pitched again last night. They're going, to, yeah, they're going to need more guys. Uh, these are Chatwood Chatwood's walks per game this season. Four, seven, seven, five, four, five, six. Sorry, let me start over. Six, one, seven, five, three, five, five, two, six, five, four, seven, and then two in this last one. So that's considerably better. 97 pitches in five innings. He has not thrown more than five and a third since April. The last two in the last uh, last month and a half, he hasn't thrown more than five and a third. What What do you want out of him at this point? Now, now you see what we think is the absolute worst. Well, you say the bar's been lowered. It has been. Are Are you willing to take five innings? <laughs> I can't even say it without laughing because you went out and you attacked free agency. We must get Chatwood. Look at what he does on the road versus Coors Field. And and now you'll have him at Wrigley. And and the big secret is over the last couple years, 
Wind's been blowing in a lot. We have the scoreboard. Home runs have been suppressed a little bit. We we can have some success here. We have our, our new pitching coach that Joe's really happy about. And he's been awful. How about Mike Montgomery? How about that conversation? I got some I got some uh unpleasant feedback last week from people suggesting that uh it was way too early to wonder whether Mike Montgomery ought to be in this rotation. You can't wonder? You can't wonder. No, you're not even allowed to wonder. Oh. I didn't know that. Not even allowed to wonder. Too valuable as a swing man. Okay. Conversa- as I said to you last week, <laughs> believe me, Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer and Jason McLeod and Joe Madden are having that conversation. Whether it's actually going to happen or not is another thing. But believe me, what, Eli? Why are you waving so frantically? I can see the clock. What is the big deal? There's no update. There's no guest at 10. What is the matter? Looks like he's holding a shake weight. <laughs> Working on his tries? He doesn't have any. What's that's a lie. You? Oh, he st- he, I, that's enough. You've crossed the line. I must step on the microphone when you insult my triceps. Fine, we'll take a break. We will finish up the conversation about the Cubs pitching. We'll get to this White Sox question I want to ask you. Rob Manfred's stuff in this next hour as well. Lots to do, and if uh, Joe will just stop uh, with his massive digressions all the time, then we can get to all of these things. Just tell me who to bet on for the U.S. Open, okay? I'll do that. Off the air. That's Joe Ostrowski. I'm Barry Rosner. You've got Hit and Run on the score. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.